Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You have to spend time with the Lord. You and I, we need to get really good at blocking off boundaries, establishing boundaries. This is my time with the Lord. This is my Devo time. This is untouchable. This is when I pray. This is when I commune with God. This is when I read the word. Do that for whatever time works best within your life. You have to establish those boundaries because I can promise you this, people will come in and they will steal that time away from you if you don't protect it. But that's on you to protect it. Are you drowning in free time? You probably think I'm crazy for even asking that. Most of us can only hope for such a problem. As Pastor James teaches today, you're going to learn that busyness is something that probably will only get worse. Whether it's people or outside commitments or just life in general, all of it makes it very easy to crowd out our time with the Lord. Pastor James reminds us that setting priorities for the disciplines of the faith is a practical solution for taking next steps in our walk with Christ. Now turn in your Bible to the book of 1 John chapter 4. As Pastor James continues his message, Perfect Love. He took all our sins upon him, but do we know what that part of what that actually cost Jesus, who has had perfect communion with the Father for all of eternity? And for one moment in history, there was separation between the two because of me, because of my choices, because of my decisions. Jesus took those all upon him, and he was accursed because of me. But he did it gladly. He did it willingly. He did it with joy in his heart. This is a beautiful gift. That's what perfect love is, is that God would, that he would send his son to be the perfect sacrifice to take away our sins, that he would pay the price that we could never pay. This is perfect love. Perfect love is given to us first and foremost by God, and it is demonstrated by his sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us. Love is visible. Love is an act of the will. Love is sacrificial. Love serves the unlovable, and love addresses sin. That's what perfect love is. And that's what it does. It is visible. You can see the effects of it. You can feel the effects of it. It's an act of the will, meaning it's a decision. It's a choice that's made to love or to not love. It's a decision. Okay? Agape love, this perfect love, it is truly sacrificial. It is truly sacrificial. Jesus demonstrated that to us on the cross, but he also expects us to demonstrate it towards one another within our lives, putting others before ourselves. Now, this is very contrary to where we live nowadays. Very contrary. In fact, our culture speaks 
totally opposite of this. And in fact, churches are guilty of speaking against this. They are. And don't, don't get me wrong. You need to take care of yourself. Let me say that. You need to take care of yourself, okay? You ought to address... Now, Paul tells us, I think it's very interesting that Paul addresses this in the church of Corinth, where he's like, look, you know you take care of... If your body has needs, you do really well in taking care of those needs. You would, you would take care of that. You, you, your stomach's rumbling, you're hungry, well, you feed it, right? If your body's tired, hopefully you're smart enough to lay down and give it some rest and move around. And we do well in addressing our needs. What we don't do really well is putting the needs of others before our own. We don't. And I get it. See, the churches, to a certain extent, went through some, a, a, a season, we'll call it that, where it seemed like it was just, it's a machine. It's a machine. And you show up to church and you're serving in the church and you're, it's just a grind, right? And it's a machine to just serve, 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 serve. To where people coming out of that thing were like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm getting burned out. I haven't been able to take care of me and I need me time, right? And it's like, you have, and I don't want to, you have me time. There's me time available for you, okay? Now, I... If you've ever experienced this, I, I would apologize just even on behalf of the church. When we treat people like, you know, employees, that's wrong when it comes to a church. Because this is not a machine. This is an organism, right? This is a body. And then we talked about this Wednesday. Each member of the body absolutely matters because God has given you a gift. And he wants you to use that gift within the body. And it should be, it should be somewhat organic. It should be somewhat natural, right? And it shouldn't be like a grind where you feel like you show up to church, you're punching a clock. Because that's not what it's supposed to be like. So I get how people can come out of that, chewed up and spit out on the other side. And they're like, look, I'm not going to serve the church because the last time I did that, I mean, I didn't have any time at all. Just nonstop. So I get that, that there's wrongs on this part, but there's also wrongs when we go to the other extent where it's like, well, well no, I'm not going to serve because I really just need to focus in on me. And I'm like, that's wrong. But you see how we can get out of balance. Love is sacrificial. And it's serving. It's serving others. If I'm caught up in the grind and there's no quote unquote, me time for me, then that probably is an indication that I'm not managing my time wisely, if I'm honest. I'm not saying any of you are, I'm just speaking for myself. Because it really is up to me on how much time do I spend with the Lord? How much time do I spend with the Lord? That nobody else has control over that. And if my day's super busy, then maybe I just need to wake up earlier or stay up a little bit later. Well, the demands, man, the demands. Yeah, the demands are there for each and every one of us. The demands are not going away. We just have to learn how to manage that stuff. You have to spend time with the Lord. You and I, we need to get really good at blocking off boundaries, establishing boundaries. This is my time with the Lord. This is my devo time. This is untouchable. This is when I pray. This is when I commune with God. This is when I read the word. Do that for whatever time works best within your life. You have to establish those boundaries because I can promise you this, people will come in and they will steal that time away from you if you don't protect it. But that's on you to protect it. You establish the boundaries because nobody's going to establish boundaries for you. 
So then we got to make sure that we're being smart with this, that we're getting this, the vertical is what we talk about. It's that communication and that communion between you and God, that that's healthy. So that the horizontal, the outflow of the vertical, so that you are serving other people and that you are ministering to other people. And you're doing it in a way that is, number one, it, it's, sometimes it's going to be taxing. Sometimes it's just going to be exhausting, but not every season is like that. And if it is, remember, boundaries. You establish the boundaries. But we sometimes swing from one end to the other where it's like all in, 100%. You know, I'm just doing this thing to where we burn out, we get exhausted, and then usually the ones who burn out, they stop showing up because they swing over to the other extreme where they're like, no, I just, I need me time. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I think you have me time. I think you have that. Now, if you're just because you're fearful that the church is going to use and abuse you, I I understand that. Let's talk about that. But let's set up boundaries. Let's establish boundaries. Yeah, I can serve, but I can only serve from here to here. I can can do this time. Okay, cool. Excellent. But we got to like get back to the middle. We got to get back to the middle because too much over here, giving all of your life to the church, that's not what Jesus asked you to do. He asked you to give all of your life to him. Okay. That doesn't mean giving 24 hours every single day to working or serving at the church. You're off balance. Nor does he want you to be like, you know what? I'm just going to, my, my relationship with God, it's, it's private. I'm like, well, that's not biblical. That's, that's not biblical. Our relationship with God and with Jesus is actually very public, and it should be, right? So we need to get back to the middle to where it's like we establish boundaries because love needs to be demonstrated through our acts of service, which means we have to serve, which means we have to get out there and to demonstrate this love, this beautiful, perfect love towards people. So we, we just got to watch this. We, we got to be very cautious of that. And if you need break, if you need a break, take a vacation, take a break, take a sabbatical. That's what we call that. When we, when we led youth ministry, we always required 11-month commitment from our volunteers. Give me 11 months. The, the 12th month, whenever that is, I don't want to see you. For a whole month, I don't want to see you. You go into the adult service, you go and you pray, and you take that whole month to pray about whether or not you want to recommit for another 11 months. Like, we have to have this time. But we have to take some initiative behind that as well. Establish boundaries, but do not do away with opportunities to serve and to demonstrate love towards other people. Because love, it it really is an action. It's an action. It's an act of the will. So back into this little text here. We're going to finish up this little section here as we get to the the climax of this great little chapter where this, this great proclamation, which I need to hear, and I know I think some of you need to hear it as well. Verse 11, though, he says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, remember, he sent his only son to die on the cross for us. Since he loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. There's no excuse. If Jesus loved you and he is your Lord and Savior, you must love others. You have to love others. You should be loving others because you've received the love of Christ And if the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, then 
a natural outflow is that, well, I'll say a supernatural outflow is that of love towards other people. It's a natural byproduct of it. You've taken in ultimate love. You've received perfect love in Jesus himself. So what should come out of us is love. It's what should come out of us. Again, remember, fruits of the Spirit, they should be produced within our lives. Since he loved us that much, we also should love each other. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. The greatest testimony and witness to the existence of God is how we treat each other. Are we loving each other? Now, please remember, he is addressing the church. You might be thinking like, he's talking about the lost and all that stuff. Yeah, we should love the lost because God so loved the world. Yes, but remember, the first audience for John is the church. And we're like, oh, the church. No, we do that. We love each other. Well, do we? Do we? I think at times we do. And I think at times speaking global, you know, capital C church, man, some of the greatest wounds have been experienced within the walls of church buildings. So we need to make sure we're loving each other because he loved us, okay? His love is brought to full expression in us. This is, you represent the Lord Jesus wherever you go. You represent the Lord Jesus by how you talk, by how you act, by how you live your life. You're representing him. They need to see, they will see that there's something different about you. And in one sense, what they need to see is Jesus in you. And it's a great testimony, and it's a great example to, from us just for the simple existence as if they need it. Read Romans chapter 1. God has revealed himself in all of creation, but he also has, is revealing himself in and through his body, the church, by how we treat each other. He even told us, you remember from the Gospel of John, he told his disciples, he says, look, they'll know that you're mine by how you love each other. So we got to make sure we're doing this. This great, perfect love that God has given to us, we need to make sure that that is being lived out within our lives towards each other. And it's not exclusive to this church building. It involves other churches on this island who are about Jesus Christ and his gospel, that we are loving them too. But they don't worship how we worship. Who cares? Okay. All right. Well, they don't teach Verse by verse and chapter by chapter, okay. Are they about Jesus? Are they about the gospel? They're our brothers and sisters, and we better be loving them because a horrible witness to the world is when churches are fighting with each other. And the world is like, why would I want to join you guys when you seemingly can't get along at all? Now, this doesn't put every church on the same level because there are bad churches out there. There are churches out there, I don't even know how they're called churches, but they don't even believe that Jesus is truly God and that he is the son of God, or even that he died for everyone's sins. They don't even believe in this book, that this is really the word of God. And I'm like, how are you a church? <laughs> what? That's, you're called, that's something else. So there are bad ones that are out there, but for ones that they love Jesus they love his gospel. Maybe they do things differently. 
our brothers and sisters, we need to make sure that we are communicating to the world, to outsiders, that, no, we, we love each other, that we love each other. Verse 13, and God has given us his spirit, this is the Holy Spirit, as proof that we live in him. Again, reminder, if you, if you ever doubt your salvation, does the Holy Spirit live inside of you? And you're like, well, I don't, how am I supposed to even know that? Is there fruit within your life? Is there fruit within your life? Galatians chapter 5, read through that. And not perfectly, but is there this difference where there was an absence of love, now there is love. Where there was an absence of patience, now there's a little bit of patience. Piquito, a little bit of patience, right? Like, it's probably the, the work of the Holy Spirit within your life, okay? It, you can go through the whole list of the fruits of the Spirit. But where there was an absence of these things, now they're evident. You've given your life to Jesus. You can trust in the fact that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and is working in and through you by the fruit that's produced, okay? He just points them back to that. We have the Holy Spirit, that we live in him, and that he lives in us. Furthermore, if we have seen, or we have seen with our own eyes, and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world, all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. Now, this, again, is speaking of ones who not just speak about it, but their lives actually represent this thing. Because anybody can say, like, yeah, Jesus is my Savior, and, well, is that really true or is it not? Well, how do you tell? Well, they're a tree, judge their fruit. I can't judge. Judging's bad, not within the church. <laughs> Judging is perfectly fine within the church. Now, not like we think of it, like, oh, look at so-and-so. Can you believe what so-and-so is wearing and all that stuff? Like, no, that's stupid. Like, that's, that's petty, right? We're not talking about that. We're talking about judging fruit. Like, if somebody's claiming to love Jesus, well, I hope we can see that through how you live your life because your life will bear fruit. Your life, your actions and your deeds will reveal who you truly are. They just will. It may take time, but it comes out, okay? So if you just wait on people, eventually true colors will come out, okay? We see this. It's, it's with our own eyes that all who declare, we've seen them, all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. Verse 16, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. I hope that you can walk away being able to say verse 16 from your heart. Memorize it. We know how much God, I know how much God loves me, and I put my trust in his love. You need to memorize that scripture you need to personalize that scripture. That is something that you need to probably repeat to yourself daily. I know how much God loves me, and I put my trust in his love. That is what will get you through those valleys. That's what will get you through those valleys. He loves you. I'm going to tell you right now, standing where I'm standing with this book in front of me, my hands on this book, God loves you. Make no mistake about it. God loves you. No doubt about it. You're listening to this on the radio somewhere down the road. I'm promising you right now, I don't know what your circumstances are, but I can tell you this one thing emphatically. God loves you. He absolutely loves you. Absolutely. I can promise you that. 
For believers, we need to memorize this scripture. Pro-tattoo or not tattoo, whatever. Get this one on your body somewhere permanently. I know God loves me. I know how much he loves me. How much does he love you? He loves you about this much, representing Jesus' arms spread out on that cross, which in reality, you can't even calculate how wide that is, the depth of that. You can't fathom how much he loves you, but you can know this one thing. He absolutely loves you. Absolutely. Perfectly. If you're looking for perfect love, you'll find it in Jesus. You will find it in Jesus. God is love. This is the last part of that verse. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Over time, you grow in this. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more communion time you spend with Jesus, your love will grow. It'll grow, and it'll grow, and it'll grow. You don't have to take my word for it, because the Bible already tells you that. If you don't believe me, test it out. Test it out. Make a determination, a dedication. I'm going to spend more time with Jesus, and I'm going to see if my love grows. (laughs) Be prepared. Be prepared, because your love will grow. Absolutely. The word is true. Spend more time with him. Allow him to demonstrate his love for you continually, and let him grow. Let that love grow within you. He goes on the last little part here. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. You have nothing to fear standing before Jesus, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Verse 18, the last verse, and we close this thing out. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels or removes all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we are not fully experienced his love if we love each other because he loved us first. So I'm just going to end it there. But what we need to know is this. When you're sure of God's love for you, when you're sure of God's love for you, you don't have to be afraid of anything. God loves you. Let that love that was perfectly demonstrated by Jesus on the cross, this beautiful, amazing gift of God, salvation and perfect love, let that be the thing that drives out any fears, any anxieties, any worries that you may have. The solution to that is not to meet those things head on. The solution to those things is to turn to Jesus and be reminded of how much he actually does love you. He loves you. And it's that perfect love that will drive out fear. It's his perfect love that drives out that fear. Become saturated in the love of God. Spend some time with him. That's a gift that you you and I can open up every single day of every single week, of every single month. Spend time with Jesus. Grow in your relationship with him. Let that perfect love for you be what expels all the fears and worries and anxieties within your life. 
and then turn around and love other people. Love each other. Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken. You've been listening to Pastor James Grizzle teach through a series called Every Good Gift. We're so thankful that you took the time to listen to Bread for the Broken today. If there's any word of encouragement in how this ministry has impacted you, feel free to share it with us. You can get into touch with us through our contact page at breadforthebroken.com. Another way that you can show support for this ministry is by giving financially to further the message of God to people near and far. If you feel led to do this, go to breadforthebroken.com and find the link for donations. If you're enjoying Pastor James's teachings and would like to hear them in person, we invite you to join us for one of our services. Calvary Galveston meets on Sundays and Thursdays for worship and Bible study. You can find directions, service times, and more by visiting our website. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. We're a laid-back church, wanting people to realize that being part of a church can be simple and uncomplicated. Our goal is to magnify Jesus at all ages. Does that sound like something that might just interest you? (laughs) Then join us this week. We hope to see you soon, and we'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. There's more to discover from this series, Every Good Gift, so don't miss a single edition as Pastor James teaches through these gifts that God gives. We look forward to next time, and until then, be thinking about the gifts that God might be wanting to give you or use through you. Tune in next time for more right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you